Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire, the first campfire of the month that becomes spring. Oh yeah, and I'm Tony. (laughs) I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in something. And something, some kind of a smallish trailer yeah. thing. Well, a vintage. <laughs> yeah. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Indeed, a roof. And we'll have a little bit more about that uh, stuff that we even are reading, but it. It's neat. It's changing. So we have to rewrite the script we haven't memorized. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, at least after 140 episodes, we never bothered to memorize that. So not bothered, but it just, I don't know. We just haven't memorized it. When it's there, why memorize it? (laughs) When it's there and available. Hey, I want to make sure that we don't go a minute longer without saying some thank yous. Absolutely. We had a couple of people who have donated on our website, Mike and Mickey, Thank you very much. Mike and Mickey are from the Albuquerque area, and we met them when we were there, and we've become great friends. Yeah, and we're going to be great people to hang out with yes, when we move to sure. Albuquerque. Right, exactly. And also my friend Danae from Lakeport also made a donation, and we thank you both, or all three, <laughs> very, very much. Yeah, it's literally the first time anyone found and, and pushed that donate button. And, and it's not something we encourage or have ever called out or anything, but right. somehow in one week it happened twice. So. They just happened to find it and use it, and yeah. we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so, so much. So spring is coming, and that means the weather's warming up, and that means we're all going out more, and so are the bugs. Yeah, they're they're coming to go camping with us. So I read an article this week that mosquitoes might be attracted to certain wavelengths, colors. Huh, like your aura? Like your aura. No, like your shirt. (laughs) So the University of Washington discovered that mosquitoes are more attracted to colors with the longer wavelengths like red, orange, and black. And colors with short wavelengths like blue, green, purple, and white were more likely to be ignored. So if you... Like Tony, are a mosquito <laughs> magnet. And those happen to be the colors I prefer. Yes, wearing. they are. And Interesting. so you need to change your your camp wardrobe at least to some shorter wavelength colors. Maybe we should have shirts made that are all white and have a big mosquito picture with a line through it. Yeah, maybe so. We also tried a mosquito repellent that actually worked. So we'll put a link in the show notes to that. That's true. We do like that. And once again, the show notes are on the website with the podcast episode. This one's 140. And they are also linked in any player that you prefer. There should be a link to the page with the show notes on it. Yep. So. So we have a great guest this week. And we are going to talk RV insurance, but first... We had no idea, by the way, of the relevance of this topic (laughs) when we we recorded it. So anyway... Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Host. You betcha. Harvest Host is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. 
With Harvest House, you can boondock at wineries and breweries and cultural destinations and golf courses and so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those beautiful pictures you've seen online, like on Instagram, have been taken at Harvest Host Destinations, and you can experience those too. And we've got a great discount to Harvest Host membership on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination. You know, there are over 1,200 hosts across the U.S., Canada, and even Mexico. Turn a night stay into an incredible experience that's worth telling your friends about. This is a great way to experience the real America and the people who have made it incredible. We are very pleased to get to speak today to Jackie Richardson. She is the marketing manager for FCIS Insurance, and they specialize in RV insurance, which is something all of us should be thinking about. Jackie, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. A lot of people don't realize how important insurance can be on your RV. And if you own it outright, I know of people who are like, "Ah, I'm not going to get insurance. Is it required to have insurance on your, let's say, travel trailer? We'll start there. Yeah. So when it comes to a travel trailer or an RV that is not motorized, it is not required to carry liability insurance because you can't drive it. The biggest concern for travel trailers are regarding if you have a loan on it. If you have a loan, you're going to be required to have comp and collision on that unit. Yeah. And is it typically covered for liability by the vehicle towing it? Correct. So, yeah, anytime it is towing, that towing vehicle is going to be responsible and pick up the liability. So if you are responsible for an accident and cause injury or your travel trailer causes a path of destruction, (laughs) that's going to be responded by your truck, SUV, whatever might be the tow vehicle, towing vehicle there. But then that's not true, I believe, of any damage to the travel trailer, correct? It depends on how your insurance policy is. There are instances that I have seen where, say, you might have your vehicle and your travel trailer insured with the same company. It may be considered part of the same incident, and it can be handled that way. However, the damage to the RV itself in that instance or a result of hail damage or storm damage That's going to be that main point where you're going to want an independent RV policy because you're going to have comp and collision and that comp's going to respond to that incident. Yeah, and that is something that we know more than a few people, unfortunately, where they did have insurance on their travel trailer specifically. And, And this extends obviously to any towable, as you said, but it got broken into at a storage lot and was quite a bit of damage financially and the insurance stepped up and fixed it right right that's the obviously the biggest threat is when you have that unit parked you're camping you're in a a parking lot how is that going to be covered the biggest thing that we always have the conversation with with our insured are is is your stuff when they break into your unit what are they going to be after they're going to be after All of those loose items we talk about, if you pick up your towable and you flip it over and all the things fall out, how are you insuring those things? 
And that's the really important piece of having a proper RV policy is that they cover your personal effects. Right. So those items that you take in your cooking, camping equipment, those items are going to be insured for the value that you set when you have a proper insurance policy. If you have just a regular auto policy covering it, a lot of times you don't see those items covered. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's a good yes. that's a good distinction. Yes. Yeah, and the contents can be worth quite a bit. Right. They can also take up a lot of space, as we found out when I cleaned out the travel trailer. <laughs> <laughs> There's more stuff in there than I knew. <laughs> and, and I would say that's a big consideration for people that are considering going full time. What are you going to do with your stuff? Yeah. And you're going to probably have some higher dollar items that you take with you, whether, you know, we see a lot of photography equipment, you're working from home, so you have computer electronics. Yeah. Making sure those items are properly covered is the most important thing as you think about life on the road. Also, all your other items, if you've got it in a storage locker, we, we see op- options with our RV company, RV specialists, that they have options for stored effects. So if you've got a commercial storage facility that you like the rest of your furniture up, so whenever you decide to come back home, those items can be covered. So they're all considerations when you start thinking about life on the road. Okay. Think about your stuff. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. And we know quite a few content creators who have expensive computers and camera gear and recording equipment. And, And I never even you know we bring that stuff on the road with us and i never really thought about what if it suddenly disappears while we're away for the day yes i would say that's obviously the number one consideration when people think about life on the road is you know all the things that go into it like i said we we kind of just use that analogy for everybody is like if you turned it upside down think of all the stuff that you would have fallen out of there How, how are you protecting those goods That's a good point. Because like Tony said a little while ago, some people have their, if they have their RV paid off, they they decide not to insure it because they don't need to Mm -hmm. have that money to pay off the loan or whatever. But what if something happens, then you don't, you're not insured, you're not even getting anything to help replace it. Yeah. And I'll take that a step further. We have a lot of individuals that maybe you know, don't utilize their RV in certain months and they put it in a storage facility. Well, I want to take my insurance off. It's just sitting there. Well, I can speak from experience that we've had people in a, you know, a locked commercial facility have their RV in there. Yeah. And the neighboring unit, somebody was smoking a cigarette and threw it down and the ash started a fire. Oh, Oh boy. If you don't leave comprehensive on that unit while it's stored, you don't have any coverage for that. Right. It's just those items you got to think about sometimes. Sure. I actually wrote an article in RV Travel all about how prevalent storage unit thefts are. And people say, oh, no, not my unit. I I have it gated and all of that. There's cameras everywhere. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Our friends went through the same thing in a gated, locked facility with cameras. And they still managed to, when they broke in, then they managed to, you know, break the slide and everything yeah. to get in. So in addition to any stuff they lost, they had extensive damage from just the people that were yeah. you know, making their way into the trailer. Thieves aren't all that smart. Their quote unquote best way in was to pry the slide room open. Yeah. Ouch. I know there are a lot of 
different insurance companies out there. What kind of criteria would somebody use to make a buying decision? Because I know that there's better and worse. I would say the biggest considerations are your usage, you know, whether you're full-time, whether you're a weekend warrior. I would say that's a big consideration is your usage. Obviously, price is really important. I would say another one that's really high on our priority list is claims experience. While no one wants to have a claim, obviously, but that's why you have insurance. And I would say that that's a big consideration that we have for a lot of folks is what are the claims experience? Like, are they going to nickel and dime every question? How long is it going to take for me to get reimbursed? Yeah. Those are all considerations. Look up reviews for companies on their claims experience. That's one I would highly recommend. Quite honestly, I would say the biggest thing that I would advocate for is getting somebody that knows what they're talking about. You want somebody that understands, I have an RV. It's much different than an automobile. It is different than a home. It's a home on wheels. I want somebody that understands my lifestyle and all the things that go into that. So finding a good fit, I would say more than anything, and maybe that's a culmination of different things or what you value, but really take your time to get educated and see what's out there for sure. So just calling the, the whatever local insurance agency, they may not have that kind of experience. And so while they might write you a policy, they may not really understand. Mm -hmm. They may not walk you through these steps of make sure your contents are insured and things like that because they don't understand it. Yeah. And I would say that that's a conversation we have many, many times a day with our agency is that question of, well, I can take it down to my agent and they can insure it for this, this much money. Uh Yes. Price is a consideration for a lot of folks, but making sure that if something tragic happens, something catastrophic happens, are you going to be restored to where you were at the time of loss properly? Right. One of the biggest considerations on RV, like specialist type policies, one of the things that we offer here and some other specialized agencies do as well are settlement options. So if you have a new RV, can you get total loss replacement? So if I total my RV in the first five model years, is the insurance company going to replace it with a new brand new unit of a similar quality of what right. I have? Or are they just going to pay you out with an actual cash value policy? Yeah, is? yeah. That's a big one for us. Yeah, especially now because just looking at the the price increases in RVs in the past year and a half, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, they're... Yeah. 30, yeah. 40% more than they were just a couple of years ago. So this might be a good time for all of you who are insured to make sure you review your policy and see if you've got the right, if you've got something that would have replaced the travel trailer you bought five years ago, <laughs> am I not, I mean, not speaking from any kind of personal experience or anything, <laughs> perhaps that's not going to get you very far into your next home on wheels. That's right. Yeah. And I'll take it another step further. What the other option we do have is agreed value coverage, which you see most frequently, probably with your vintage campers, airstreams, where you know, if somebody runs the VIN on it, it's going to come up with the market value. But we all inherently know that a nice restored Airstream is going to be a lot higher than whatever a VIN is going to pull it in. Yes. So going throughout getting, getting an appraisal done is highly, highly recommended. Vintage campers, we see it even more frequently with somebody that might be 
buying a little bit of a pre-owned unit, get a bill of sale, get a, an appraisal, and get an agreed value policy. So again, if you have a total loss with that unit, you know what your payout's going to be when that time comes less your deductible. Right. Yeah, and we have a lot of friends... And we are people who have a vintage RV. And so the one we have, we bought for next to nothing. But I'm assuming that as we make it much more usable, yeah, it's the gonna be value worth changes. More than that. Sure. Because yeah. we're not likely to buy another one for that price. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a unicorn. <laughs> so it sounds like it might be a smart decision, not just to call whomever you have your vehicle insurance with, but to look for somebody who really understands the RV space. A hundred percent. I think, I think the best thing you can do is educate yourself on, you know, what really are the ins and outs of a true RV policy and find a product and an agent that really fits your lifestyle and your needs. They're out there. And like I said, I, I think it's worth your time and effort to really make sure that you're you're shopping around and finding the best fit. Do you also ensure if somebody is living full-time in their RV? Because I know there's a lot of companies that will not insure full-time RVers. Yes. Yeah. We actually have a, a few different carriers that do have options for full-time coverages. And again, the biggest consideration when you're full-time, the missing piece on a lot of those puzzles when it comes to your insurance are considerations like your personal liability. If you don't own a home and you are full-time in an RV, you've got to have some sort of personal liability. Let's say you have a dog and it bites somebody and causes harm. Mm -hmm. Where is the personal liability going to come from if somebody sues you? Right. Boy, that is a very good point. If you don't have a homeowner's policy, you're left on the, on the hook for that. So that's one consideration is making sure that you have full-timers liability, that personal liability, because yeah, if you don't have a sticks and bricks, you're not probably going to have that. Yeah. The other thing to consider is with a RV policy, if you have an accident or you're displaced from your RV for some reason, or let's say, like we were talking about earlier with a hailstorm, yeah, and you've got to go get it repaired. So under those covered losses, you have an option where you are going to have emergency expense. So if I got to live in a hotel for a week while repairs are being done as a result of, you know, an accident, storm damage, whatever it might be, uh-huh. is my insurance policy going to help me out? Right. And that's something that we see with our RV specialist policies are loss of use. Sometimes you'll see it as emergency expense, but something that kicks in and responds when you're not able to reside in your RV. That's really, really important, especially when you don't have sticks and bricks to fall back on. Yes. Okay. And now repairs can take, you know, it might have been in the past, if your water heater breaks and floods the RV, it was just a matter of a few days to replace the water heater. And now it might be a much, much longer period of time. So the length of time that a company will put you up, for lack of a better description, is also an important thing to look at. Yes. So we found you through the FMCA, and of course, we're always big fans of the FMCA. Yes. You offer a a little discount if you're an FMCA member, which is just 
to me, another good reason to belong to the FMCA. But So I think first tell us about FCIS insurance. Yeah. And then we'll get into the how to not only use you, but maybe get a little discount from FMCA. But tell us about you, about your company first. Yeah, so FCIS Insurance started in uh, here in Forest City, Iowa in 1978. And obviously with our location, we have a really good relationship with Winnebago Industries. They are literally right down the road from us. We actually, back in the 80s, our founder helped develop total loss replacement coverage with Winnebago at time and an insurance carrier. Okay. Because they understood the issue of you brand a, you buy a brand new RV, you drive it off the lot, it immediately depreciates. Right. So how do you fill that gap? So that's how we got our, our start. So since that time, we've really honed in on the RV industry. We have great relationships with several RV clubs, manufactured clubs including um, the WIT Club down the street from us. And that's kind of where it started. And two years ago, we developed a relationship with FMCA and developed FMCA RV insurance. So we work frequently in a network of the RV manufacturer clubs, lifestyle clubs, because everybody's after the same questions. You know, how, how do we insure this properly? Right. Especially the last few years with the pandemic, like so many people are going to this lifestyle. Yeah. Making sure that you are properly insured is of utmost importance when, when you hit life on the road. So that's kind of what we're here for. We, we love educating people about why we're different and why, why all of these items we're discussing are really, really important in the long term. Okay, good. So I have a question. Is all your staff RVers? I will say that we all have an interest, whether we actually uh, have RVers on staff. We have a couple that, you know, camp and do things. Our current president, Courtney, he has a Winnebago. He tr- you will see him at most rallies. He travels around. He really embodies that lifestyle. He loves it. So. Great. Okay. <laughs> but the rest of us all really appreciate it. And maybe we all kind of yearn for it. But uh, <laughs> right now we're... We're locked in the office and right now looking at snowy, snowy. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious for our own standpoint, like is an RV insurable if it's a cargo conversion? I will say that our markets on items like that are not existent right now. The companies that we work with and represent want to see units that are slated to be RVs from the start. Mm-hmm. I will say there are a couple of exceptions that we have been seeing recently where individuals go buy a pro vaster, let's say, and they take it to an actual professional upfitter. Those have been deemed acceptable by the underwriters that we utilize. But I will say in general, self-built RVs are a really tricky thing. And I don't honestly have an answer of, who is insuring those and what they're insuring them like. Okay. That's always a question that our agents, you know, just really don't have an answer to. I think, you know, some people will say that they go to a Geico, but is it insured the best way? I right. don't have an answer to that. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, ex- that's exactly what I wanted to know. Yeah. And obviously that's a really, it's a good topic. It's a, it's a trendy thing right now where yeah. you know people are getting the schoolies, things like that. And 
quite honestly, from an insurability standpoint, that's obviously a lot higher risk because that's not what they were intended to be in the first place. Right. And I think that just overarching problem that we're seeing from our underwriters that they're just not really comfortable with that at this time. Not to say that, you know, the, the market might change because it's becoming such a hot topic, but right. at this time, yeah, they're just not seeing a good market for it. Okay. And the other thing is, of course, you know, an RV, we all know how they're built and, and all of that, which is sloppily, but just the same. <laughs> but somebody could do a terrible job of running gas lines <laughs> right. in a schoolie or a cargo trail, whatever. the. I think that is inherently probably the biggest issue we see is people doing their own work that probably shouldn't be doing their own work. <laughs> right. Right. And, and exactly to your point, because you're having to retrofit something in who knows how you're going to do that to yeah. make it work for you. Yeah. And so we have been seeing yeah, better acceptability and obviously a lot more of the market of professionals, you know, in that business of converting RVs, just a lot more of those businesses coming up because the availability of RVs was so slim there, you know, the uh-huh. last couple of years that somebody would rather just go buy a ProMaster Sprinter, whatever it may be, and take it to one of those guys. Right. Yeah, and I write daily RV reviews, and I'm finding that there are a growing number of companies that are, I call them BYOVs, which is bring your own van. <laughs> I wonder how yep. how long it's going to take before people start doing that with cargo trailers. But there's a huge community of those, too, that we belong to. Yeah, I would be interested in um, what people are doing, because you're putting a lot of your own investment into that. And you just want to make sure that if God forbid something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be able to restore to where you were? Right. Right. The other thing is I've seen those cargo trailer builds and schoolies too that are everything from I have an empty box with a bed in it to my gosh, this is nicer than almost any production model. I mean, it's, you know, the, the skill of the builder and their vision you know, it's like amusement parks. There were lousy amusement parks, and there's Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of the funniest ones that I personally saw when I started working in customer service when I started here uh, almost five years ago. And one of the best ones I had was a guy that had bought a Mack truck. <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, it's a it's an RV. And we're like, okay, well, does it have, you know, you got to have kitchen you know, bathroom facilities, sleeping quarters. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sent the pictures and his bathroom facility was like a compost toilet on the toolbox rollout on the side. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> Privacy is nothing. Yeah, right. Who cares? I'm just going <laughs> to. Right. I think what may have to happen is if this becomes more common and, and people want to insure them, mm-hmm. they're probably going to want an inspection. Yeah. I mean, that that's, yes. that's yes. makes sense to me. I would say that's probably, I was going to say a great point because that's what we see the most with vintage trailers too, because you run the van, somebody's going to say it's worth this, but if it's fully restored and it's got all the, everything part of it, that's the process that we lead everybody to go through. Yeah. So to your same point, that's the only way to know what it's like is to actually inspect it. Right. right. And that's true of classic cars, too, having owned a whole bunch of those. Yeah. It's only when people realize that it's total that, that all of a sudden the arguments start, right? <laughs> it's like, no, no, it was worth three times what you're willing to pay me. Right. <laughs> and sometimes they're right. I've seen some that were just beautifully restored and customized, and you know they never bothered to talk to their insurance company. Anyway, 
and so where would somebody go to find you? You can visit us on our website. You can head on over to SCISinsurance.com and you can kind of check out who we are. I will say that's the number one thing about us is our, our staff is actually a lot of fun. We're all really well-educated. Everybody is, like I said, really appreciates the lifestyle that RVers get to have, whether we get to live through it or not. <laughs> We're all kind of jealous a little bit, and, you know, especially when everybody calls and talks about how nice their weather is. We always get to bring it down a notch with what Iowa's currently <laughs> like. So you can you can head out to the website. You can uh, check us out there. We have some blog articles that might be of interest to you, some information about RV policies, RV lifestyle, and then additionally, our phone number is 800-331-1520. And you can give us a call. We are happy to, like I said, kind of visit with anybody. If, if you have questions, you're interested in see maybe what, why my policy is a little bit different than maybe what SAIS could offer, we, we'd be happy to discuss. Okay, that's awesome. And we, of course, will put those links in our show notes. And also then, Tony mentioned FMCA. Uh, the way I found out about FCIS is that I was on the FMCA website and saw discounted RV insurance and said, hey, wait a minute, we better check this out. So if you are members of FMCA, definitely check that link as well. It'll probably just take you to the same place as FCIS, but... <laughs> Got it. <laughs> but you know, it's always good to hang out on the FMCA website sometimes too. It's fun. <laughs> They're a great group of folks. We we appreciate all that they do for us. And like I said, we uh, we meet up with them at most of the rallies that we can get to. Um, we we do love going out to rallies and seeing everybody. So if you happen to stop by one of those this summer, come over and say hi. Yeah, we'll definitely be there. We definitely we will be in Tucson in March and. We are registering today for Nebraska in August. Yep. So. Yeah, Very so, nice. So if you're there, we'd, we'd love to meet yeah. you in person. I will be going to Lincoln. Courtney is going to Tucson. Oh, okay, well, we'll perfect. Look, we'll we'll look see you Courtney. in Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we'll see you in Lincoln. You know, we all want to head to Nebraska, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a niece that lives there, so I'm going to try and... Oh, very nice. Figure out how close. I'm not even sure where she is. Probably the opposite corner or something, but. <laughs> Everybody kind of congregates on the east side. So. Yeah. <laughs> east side. Now I'm a little more concerned about our coverage, so uh, we'll be we'll be talking, and yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate your time, and this is some I great info. I get to call you guys. You know, like, like I said, the, big, the biggest thing is if you can at least go through the quote process, and we say this with anybody, and leave you know, better, better educated than when you first talked to us. Yeah. That's, that's ultimately what we're out there is, is just building a foundation. So everybody kind of understands the industry and, and like I said, can share that info. So, so yeah, anything we can do to help, we would really appreciate it. Excellent. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. Yes. Thank you, Jackie. Yeah, and I, I'll give Courtney a heads up. Yeah, he'll be heading to Tucson. He'll take his rig down. Yeah, yeah. I am going to Lincoln. Obviously, the most accessible one for us to Right, to, that's so. easier. All yeah. right, well, we'll look for Courtney yeah. in Tucson then, too. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds, sounds good. And yeah, if you guys need anything in the interim, give me a shout. Give our staff a shout. We'd be happy to help. Will sounds do. great. All right. All right. Thanks, if you need anything Jackie. else, let me know. But it's great talking to you guys. And you, too. Safe travels to you. Thank you. Well, thank you. All right, take care. Take care. Take care. You, All right. too. Thank you. 
traveling with your RV is the best way to get around. Yeah, but you want to do it safely. So using your phone's GPS can lead you down some potentially scary places. That's why we love RV Trip Wizard, part of the RV Life Suite, which lets you plan your journeys before you go, and then use the RV Life app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of campground. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. And we have a great deal for you. 25% off your annual subscription. Check it out on our discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com, where you can listen to our interview with RV Life and learn about the whole RV Life suite. Plus, save your RV while you save on an RV Life subscription. We have a list today. Woohoo! It's yeah, been a while. It has. So I don't know if you know, but there are 60 some national parks, but there are over 400 national, I'm going to say national places. That includes parks and monuments, preserves, historical parks, historic trails, geologic trails. Whew, I know, right? So of those 400, the national park system told us the top 25 most visited parks in 2021. So we thought that we would share that list. I shared with a group recently that these are the ones that are the most visited. So I'm going to go somewhere else because these are great. These are very popular, but that means they're also very crowded. There are 400 opportunities. So Instead of necessarily visiting these top 25, check out what else the the nation has to offer. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the best tips is a lot of the places that are not on this list are places you can actually get to. So, number one on the list. Oh, let's start at the bottom. That's a good idea. Because they actually listed them with the most atop, and that's no way to do a list. No. Well, (laughs) number 25, then, is the Glen Canyon national recreational park with 3.1 million recreation area you're right i can't see (laughs) number 24 is indiana dunes national park number 23 cape hatteras national seashore number 22 chattahoochee river national recreation area way down yonder on the chattahoochee (laughs) it gets hotter than a hoochie goochie now what we what i wish they had done is given us states so we're gonna well, We're some not going to guess. Know. Some of them we know, but yeah, I'm like not going to guess on some of them. <laughs> which is 21. Yeah, Yosemite National Park is yep, 21. We went there. We did. And number 20 is Vietnam Veterans Memorial, which kind of, in a way, could be in any state because they do have that moving well, wall. There's a, there's a moving wall, but <laughs> right. this is specifically the <laughs> right, memorial. And then, of course, number 19, the World War II Memorial. And number 18 is Grand Teton National Park. Number 17, Cape Cod National Seashaw. <laughs> and number 16 is Acadia National Park. Yep, 15 is Delaware Water Water Gap National Recreational Area. Ebony, ebony. Whoosh. Number 14, Rocky Mountain National Park. Number 13, Grand Canyon National Park, where we went last year. Seems like that would be higher, but... Yeah, hmm. I know, right? 
Number 12 is Yellowstone National Park. You would think that would be higher too, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, well, it's going to be exciting to see what's above these. Yeah. <laughs> well, number 11 is Chesapeake and Ohio National Historical Park. That's Canal, Chesapeake and Ohio Canal National Historical You're Park. You're right. The we type do is need not big screen. enough on the screen. <laughs> number 10 is Zion National Park, very popular. Yeah. And then, of course, number nine. Gulf Islands National Seashore. Number eight is the Lincoln Memorial. Followed by the Cadillac and the Chrysler Imperial <laughs> Memorial. Right. Sorry. All right. Number seven is the Natchez Trace Parkway. Number six is George Washington Memorial Parkway. Number five is Lake Mead National Recreational Area. Mm-hmm. Number four is Gateway National Recreation Area. Number three is Golden Gate National Recreation Area. And I wonder if that one's especially popular just because there's a whole bunch of folks that live essentially right there. And have to cross over that bridge all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Number two is the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And number one, Blue Ridge Parkway. Although I don't think they say Parkway because I feel like Blue Ridge Parkway is like in the southeast. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we have been hinting and making all sorts of promises know, to promises. you that we're going to give you an update. Yeah. Okay, our- <laughs> so first of all, what happened? So we were coming home from Quartzsite. Yep. And we were on our, actually on our last day, our, our day home. Yeah. And we were on a kind of a highway. I don't think it's designated a highway, but a two lane, not very busy road in the desert where True. the speed limit is 55. I was driving along. And all of a sudden, I saw a traffic signal, and part of that signal at the crosswalk area was a dip that people could live in. I mean, this dip was gigantic. So I hit the brakes, and I went, I don't know, from 55 to 35, whatever it was. I wasn't really looking at my speedometer at the moment. Looking at the dip. I was looking at that dip. We hit that dip so hard, the trailer got a little airborne, bent the frame so badly, the furnace broke loose the stove dropped an inch essentially it totaled the trailer well he says furnace and stove but what he's not telling you the the real reason that it's totaled is the actual frame broke and and bent yeah it actually now here's the funny thing i look at it the wheel is like two inches or the body is like two inches lower than normal on the wheel so it's kind of like on one side on one side (laughs) And I'm like, man, I could tow that home. And I did. And we did, which we're lucky that nothing worse happened. But we were fine, uh, you know, physically. Yeah, no humans were harmed. Nothing wrong with us. But when we got home, we emptied out the trailer and we took it to our local repair shop. And the insurance met with them. And they decided that it is not safe. And they are going yeah, to they're total totaling it. it. And the funny thing is, well, not funny, but the insurance adjuster shows up and I mean, it was the shortest inspection ever. He crawls underneath it and goes, oh my gosh, that is bad. (laughs) So avoid the road coming out of the Palm Springs KOA. Well, avoid going really fast. Yeah, avoid going the (laughs) speed limit for... Pete's sake. So that's that's Dillon Road for those of you who really want to yeah. know. It's a little bit north of the Palm Springs area and we were headed west from the Desert Hot Springs area toward home. Home. So now what do we do? So what's our news now? We don't really have We don't have news. news. <laughs> we have 
considerations. Yes. Maybe this is the list also, but our <laughs> considerations. Well, first of all, as as you may know, if you follow all the stuff we spew out on the socials, we are restoring our 1970 aristocrat. And actually, that has really made some progress this week because it's been really nice outside. And so we've been able to attack it. Yeah. Peggy and a friend are working on the upholstery yes thank you kathy yeah i'm working (laughs) on the suspension and wheels we got all wheels for it and all of that so it can now be towed which is good it's an advantage in a travel trailer right i don't anticipate using this as our what i call a traveling vehicle i call this more of a camping vehicle yeah more like local vintage rv rallies Mm -hmm. and that sort of whatnot you know it's probably fine to take it long distances but i just don't feel like this is the right choice for us to be in for our like three months at a time trips on the road. Right. Well, I mean, and it will be especially fine to be towed when I'm finished working on the suspension sure, of and axles and yeah. and it has new tires and all of that good, all of that runny stuff. That's the most important thing. Right. So what do we plan to travel in? We have several things on the options list one of those we really like rockwood and flagstaff rvs one of those is a rockwood 2205s right or it's flagstaff equivalent equivalent (laughs) (laughs) that is one of our options another option is to make a custom trailer yeah and and i know we've been kind of making little hints at that and not saying very much and i don't think we're going to still say very much because it's still very much in the planning stage and we not we're not sure where that's going to go i'll share you know i'll write an article about it and post it on stressless camping and i'll share that we do have floor plans we have talked to look trailers who makes the cargo trailers and Vanaholic, who makes interiors, and both of those people are working with us on this custom trailer build. Right. The part of that that has become more of a challenge, my goal, because I'm completely insane, is we to build a showcase for the coolest stuff in the RV space. Right. For example, I found a company that makes 12-volt RV air conditioners that are actually repairable. So if you get a leak, you can repair it and refill it. Yeah. Those are all the kind of things I'd like to incorporate. None of this stuff where it's like, oh, your air conditioner broke. We'll just take it off the roof and replace it and put the old one in the landfill. Yeah. That kind of stuff is what I'd like to incorporate. However, most of that stuff is OEM only. So I would have to somehow talk people out of their gear <laughs> and it's not something i'm not good at now, but tony can talk a lot of people into a lot of things yeah so. that's true <laughs> this could I'm work. The, hey you guys let's try this guy <laughs> right we all have one of those friends i am that guy so that's the other consideration the third consideration is a keystone cougar 22 mls travel trailer yeah we like a lot of what keystone's doing as you found out last week in the podcast right. so those are our three uh, other considerations. The Escape 23, which is built up in Canada, not in production yet. So there's that to deal with. <laughs> be a little bit hard to get that now. Well, they're, they're it's a making... a little bit hard to get everything right now, yeah, obviously. Th- and that's the other variable. Yeah. Another option would be a Bigfoot trailer, which again is made up in Canada. A? So, A, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things we had always thought of is we want, a trailer that is big enough to put our bikes in the back Mm -hmm. but if the trailer is bigger enough that we can just put all our trailer related stuff in the trailer itself 
then we have the bed of the pickup for the bikes. Right. So, so we've usually put tables and chairs and a washing machine if we carry yeah. it and things like that in the back of the truck. And if we rearrange what our camper situation is, then the truck might be empty enough for bikes or we keep the washing machine in there and put the bikes inside. Indeed. You know, there's so many options. Yeah. So those are all of our considerations. We are making progress because we have trips planned and no trailer to haul them. Now we yeah, do. This is okay. a little bit. So if you are going to the FMCA convention coming up. That's right. That'll be in Tucson at the end of March. We will be there in an RV. Yes. That's not ours. Right. We are lucky enough to get to borrow a, yeah. a press vehicle from a company called Four Wheel Campers. Yeah. And it is a truck camper. So, you know, the truck and the camper will come available to us and we will be able to take that. This will be a completely different experience for us camping in a truck camper, climbing up over the cab to go yeah. to the bed at night. So... You'll hear lots about that because yeah, I'm we sure will we'll do, talk a lot yeah, about we'll it do a video about close that. to the end of March. Yeah. So look for us at the FMCA in a very branded pickup camper. Yeah. It's a it's a big four-wheel drive diesel pickup with a four-wheel camper on the back. And we're very excited about that for a lot of reasons. So. Yeah. Now, notice we didn't list that in our options of what we're going to do next. I don't really see truck camper life as a permanent situation for us Although but the, who knows like we might get in this thing and just love it yeah i mean there's a lot to be said for a pickup camper or a class b right uh, a motorized rv of sort but a pickup camper in particular because you can always well if the campground lets you and i've been to some that won't but you can always just drop the camper and then you yeah. have your pick up truck right and then it's nimble and agile i mean one of the limiting factors of any towed rv is really twisty roads and right or how quickly you can tow it i know there's some of you who are like hmm, forget that noise i'm still going 80 or 90 and that's yeah. okay for you but i like being alive right so a pickup camper and a van and a class a and all of that can go whatever the speed limit is with no worries as long as you maintain it properly as long as you're not towing something right and yeah. then you know pickup camper also if you do like towing things gives you the option of if you have a boat towing that right or a bicycle trailer <laughs> or a bike trailer right or a bike rack or right. whatever anyway we will definitely be talking a lot more about that as the month comes and goes but this week yeah, we're talking about a trailer again. There's a trailer that Tony really liked. And so how about an RV of the week report, Tony? Well, that RV this week, and we have spoken with this company in the past, is the Sylvan Sport Vast. Vast. And this is one of the coolest, most flexible travel trailers I have ever seen. For example, up front is the kitchen on this. And that kitchen is on a slide of sorts. But essentially, it's a slide down, I guess. Yeah, just the kitchen slides, not like a whole room. You wouldn't be standing in that slide part. It's just the appliances slide out the side of the camper and become an outdoor kitchen. Right. So when it's inside the RV, it's the indoor kitchen. When it's outside, it's the outside kitchen. So all of your kitchen stuff is the same in and out. That kitchen, you know, it's one of those uh, 12 volt coolers and all of that. Well, when this kitchen is slid outside then it 
opens up a huge space that's the shower uh-huh. and so you have a bathroom that's the full width of the trailer so it's a dry it's a big dry bath and furthermore vast has partnered with a company that has some really incredible water filtration and so the water in this rig is also really clean uh-huh. but wait there's more there is more all right there are racks on the outside of this trailer where you can hang bikes or kayaks and that sort of stuff built right into the structure that's on the sides right yeah Not just on the back on the a lot of times we see racks on the front or the back but these are actually built onto the side yeah it's a narrow body trailer so the whole thing is still within a lane as it were if you uh-huh. have your bikes or kayaks on the side there's also a lounge at the back that converts to a bed but then you can also get another bed that's on, you know, one of those lift mechanisms. So you could sleep for in actual comfort. And Sylvan actually uses comfortable mattresses. What? I know, right? <laughs> Tom Dempsey was such is such a cool guy when we talked to him. And we have a link to the interview with him. He's just he's just super cool. And so is this trailer. It's relatively small and light, has really good interior space. And you might say, well, then if you're really that excited about it, why don't you put that on your list? (laughs) And the simple reason for that is because it meets all of our checkoffs except one. And either you're using the bed or the lounge. There's not. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. There's not a separate area where one of us can get up and work at five o'clock in the morning while the other one sleeps. So that is our main goal in whatever we wind up with is a place, you know, the trailer that we've had, had a Murphy bed, which was fine and a dinette. And so we were able to separate that, that space. I could get up really early while Tony slept in. Ah! (laughs) Just Ah! kidding. (laughs) That never happened. It did today. (laughs) Well, it did today at the house. That was so weird. But so Tony can get up early and go to the dinette, make coffee in the kitchen and all that while the curtain was closed and I could keep sleeping. And that is our main, one of our main goals is to have that separation of sleeping space and working space. Yeah. Well, Peggy is a night person and I'm a morning person. That's right. So the dinette is mine at night. (laughs) The dinette is mine at night and the bed is mine in the morning. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Those are all of the things that are happening in the stressless camping realm. Yeah. Whelm. And last week, you know, we had, as we always have, a question of the week. And I mm-hmm. asked if you have any annual trip traditions. Easy and, for you to say. Oh, my yeah. gosh, you guys. We had some great stories. It was so much fun to read. And I know a lot of you said for the past couple of years we haven't been able to do that. And I am here to say, everybody keep your fingers crossed that everything's going to go back to being able to make these annual traditions once again, traditions and <laughs> continue those traditions again, even if you had to miss the last year or two. Well, and one of our favorites is our Christmas trip where we right. go with a bunch of friends to Christmas on the coast. Right. Now that has changed quite a bit because most of the people that we camp with have moved out of state. Yeah, They're not on the coast anymore. So time will tell what happens with Tony and Peggy at Christmas time. Yeah, that's We won't true. even live on the coast by then. <laughs> yeah, next Christmas we anticipate being in Albuquerque. So. so we'll see what happens with that. But a lot of you have birthday or holiday, Thanksgiving. I know that when I was a kid, we always went to the desert over Thanksgiving and over Easter. Easter. Which I'm still going to argue with my brother, Jim. He says we went to Mount Baldy. 
That's in the mountains, for those of you in Southern California who know. He was only 10, so I give him that. And my grandpa's nickname was Baldy. <laughs> and we went to a place called Bell Mountain. So I can see where he got that we camped in Mount Baldy, but I'm still arguing with him that we did not camp in the mountains. Ooh, well, <laughs> we, we were desert campers. We were in the desert. <laughs> right, we were desert campers. We camped. A lot of these group trips were with my grandparents' dune buggy club, so... Some people camp with their RV owners groups. Jane said that she has she belongs to the coachman owners group. And so there there are a lot of those, I know. Yeah, a lot of RV specific groups, Lance Coachman, Forest River has the frogs, Grand Design has groups, blah, blah, blah. All yeah, those all those all, companies. Like pretty much every RV has a group that you can go camping yeah, with. Yeah, many light. There's been many light gatherings. Yeah. There are people who responded who have started church group campouts. There's, you know, of course, families and friends. Wendy's family has been camping together since 1980, traditionally. And she tells that when her dad passed away, they sprinkled a little of him around the campground and even a little in the vault potty, which would have cracked him up. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm sure there's more to that story. We'll just make it up in our heads. <laughs> yeah. By the way, you know, I don't know why that brings this up, but apparently one of the common things at Disneyland is having to take care of people's ashes. A lot of people want to have their final resting place at Disneyland. At Disneyland. Interesting. Yeah. And Sandy said that her family always, every time they go camping the first night, they have taco salad always. Wow. Yeah. Well, wait, that sounds like a new question of the week. Does it not indeed? So what food means camping to you? I don't know if that's the right way to word it, but is there a specific food or dish that really just says camping to you? I will say that for me, breakfast, kind of breakfast, because my mom always let us make our own hot chocolate and made us pancakes or French toast. And breakfast was always a really big deal while we were camping. You know, every other day we were like, hurry up and eat those Cheerios and go to school. But on the weekends when we were camping, we got great breakfasts. And so to me, breakfast is kind of a camping thing. Well, there I you mean, go. we have it all the time, obviously, yeah, but like every day. But to me, when I think about camping as a kid, that's one of my fondest memories is those big family breakfasts. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, by the way, on another subject, if you are dewinterizing your RV, we do have notes and an article about that on the Stressless Camping website. I will put a link to those in the show notes. And you know, speaking of the Stressless Camping website, did you know we are in all the social places, but you can start at stresslesscamping.com. And from there, you can jump off to all the places we are in the social world. For example, you can jump off to the Facebook Stressless Camping Podcast group, and that is where you can answer questions of the week. Yeah. You can ask questions of the week. You can... I don't know. Ask other questions. Yeah, right. Stephanie this week got some help with her freezer in the group. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, it wasn't when she started. <laughs> <laughs> and did you know we did a once a week newsletter and it's absolutely free? We put links to stories, videos, and podcasts that we think will help you get the most out of your stressless camping adventure. Just visit our website and sign up at the bottom of any page. Yep. And we will send you that once a week newsletter. We don't share that information with anybody else and we don't spam you with a bunch of email. We just send that one email a week. And while you're on the Stressless Camping website, 
Don't forget our discounts on deals for the best deals on the things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. And if you've got a great deal that you think our audience would love, please tell us about it. Yeah, we have a new one coming up. That's right, we do. Lots of cool stuff. We'll tell you that next week. Yep, and if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher. And we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And if you would please be so kind as to take a moment and go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever, but especially those really help when you write a review. It really gets those podcast companies to know that people are listening to us and they tell more people about it. And the more listeners we have, the more great guests we can have. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, thank you once again. Thank you to Mike, Mickey and Danae again. And to all of you for spending time with us here on the Stressless Camping Podcast. And most of all, happy camping! We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Equivalent. Equivalent.